Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com INTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com INTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to a new episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Yo, yo, yo. What is up? So if you guys didn't know, uh, there is a pandemic going on or something like that. And uh, the crazy part is, you know, forever we would see these pictures of like Japan and China and it's all like, oh, they're always wearing those crazy old mess <clears throat> but now it's like oh shit this is our reality which is fine in my eyes but today uh really test my patience <laughs> well you know uh i haven't really been anywhere since this whole thing happened or at least try to limit you know i'm okay with driving uh I'm okay with, you know, going through a drive through or having one of those uh, curbside pickups or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't really like to <clears throat> be out or in a store or anything like that. But Junior, or a.k.a. our former co-host, my cousin, wanted to get some stuff to redo his streaming room, which is something that we've known we were going to do for a while. And he did actually start ordering stuff online, but we still had to go out and get some stuff from like Ikea and Home Depot. And I don't know if you guys know this, uh, but Arizona gets pretty darn hot during oh, the summer. Yeah. Um, so with that heat and the mask and my glasses, it basically made it unbearable to wear it most of the time yeah and it and it really started to get me thinking like mm-hmm, well maybe those trump supporters <laughs> might have it right <laughs> maybe it's my goddamn given right not to wear a mask <clears throat> and it was just like but the thing is like it was like nonstop. With my glasses getting fogged up, and the inside of, inside of my mask was like super sweaty, and I'll admit, you know, I do use a cloth mask most of the, most of the time, so that might have been a factor into it, but like it was, it it sucked. I was I was, I was like, my God. Why? One time I actually go out and I do what's asking me and it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Like you fucking with me, God? And I don't know. It was like, it just sucked. And honestly, you know what? It made me think, "Mm, well, maybe I'm okay with not going out for a while again. 
Yeah, because it's like you go out there and you're just like immediately you hit it hits you and you're like, God damn it. And then like we talked about last time, it's like you just you start baking. And and then like a lot of times too, like if like my the van takes forever to get cold, like with the air conditioning. So like I was so glad when like Eric wasn't there, he had he had gone to work, so I could park under the like under the awning, and like I got into my van, I could start it up, and I was like, oh wow, it's not as hot as it normally is. Oh, I must be in, I must be one of those uh, Hollywood, you know, oh big shot. It's guys. crazy how like those little things really pay off. Yeah, yeah. just just getting into your car. And it not burning you right away. And you know, you know what the the worst is is when you're you're inside, right? And inside, and it's all air conditioned, and it feels so good. And you look outside, and you're like, "Man, it looks. It actually doesn't look hot outside." And you step outside, and you're like, "Oh, I forgot it's 120." Oh yeah, that just happened. Uh, my nephews, remember how I told you we went to a skate park, and my nephew asked me if we could go back. And I told him, as long as it's in the morning, I'm fine. Because, you know, the, the sun just bakes all day. So, you know, I was okay with that. But uh, I think it was, like, the day after. Maybe it was a couple days after. It was this week. Be a lot of people. And it's still going to be hot. Because the sun, like I said, the sun bakes, you know, whatever. So when I told him to go early, it's like, oh, it's nice, whatever. And I think it was the day after or two days after, as my nephew is asking if we could go again. I'm like, yeah, just you know, just let me let me cool down first. I'm still still warm up from that. No, um, but whatever it was, it was it was like cloudy for a while, and I was like, oh, it looks nice. Like this would be a good time to go to skate park. And then I step outside, and I'm like, oh, how deceiving. <laughs> <laughs> it really is, too. Like, you, you look outside, and you're like, man, it looks like a, a, a nice, normal day. And then you step outside, and you're like, it hits you, and you're like, how quickly can I get back? Yeah, it's like, I'm happy it's not like 112 or 115, but doesn't make 105 any feel, feel any better. Yeah, and I, and I feel like people don't, don't like... I like people that have never been here. It's just like, I, I do. I don't know how to explain it to you. I, I, I think the best way is if set your oven to like three fifty. Okay. You got to preheat it. Then step inside of it there. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Pretty much because like my mom- that's how it is. That honestly, that is exactly how it is getting in certain cars in Arizona, especially if you don't have a garage or, any awning or anything to park under, even if it is a, like a couple of days ago, uh, I had drove the car around, right? Got normal. Feels good. Parked it outside for, I don't know, maybe like an hour or so before I got back in. And it was like, how did it get hot already? Like it was just cool in here. It was, it was nice and cool and it was awesome in here. And I only went for a little bit. Some of that coolness should have stayed, right? Nope. Yeah. Just as hot. And it just like, there was that one summer where we didn't have air conditioning and it like was the worst. I was like, how did we make it through that? Like being inside of a house and it's like, it was so horrible, but like, at least we did it. 
I don't know. I mean, I know we bitch about a bitch about it. <laughs> it's something that we just live with. It's it's not that we're bragging. It's just we're like, guys, we die a little bit when we go outside, and we understand. Like, yes, we we know that it gets a hundred where you live, and humidity doesn't help any better. But like, we literally bake ourselves doing the simplest tasks, like that. Just going to your car. To, to go somewhere your car is like 145 degrees in there and you can't touch your steering wheel sometimes unless you have something <laughs> yeah. over it and oh god forbid if you have leather seats that's what oh, i fucking hated about yes. my old car was like my, like i love the idea of like car. black on black right like i love that right it's awesome black on black oh so cool or junior's car black on black but when you have a black car with black leather seats in the oh. middle of Arizona summer, it literally fucking burns you. Like, it like, ow, ow, oh my God. One time I remember I had to get out of my car because I had a Spankock Grave Maker. I had these uh, old shorts and they're a little bit shorter. And like wearing it, you know, sit down, it comes up and it was burning the back of my legs. And like, I was like, oh, fuck. Ah, ah, fuck. And I was like trying to pull it down. Like, ah, fuck. I literally have to get out of the car and like try to put napkins right, like right where it's. Oh my God. Yeah, because it, it fucking burned so hard. It just, it, it was the worst. And it's one of those things that's like, I'll never do that again. But then I'm like, but it looks pretty cool. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're not, like I said, we're not trying to brag. No, it just, it's just that it fucking sucks. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a reason why. Even though we like, I think, I think a lot of people think like, oh, people in Arizona they brag about it. No, it's just like, guys, we're dying. Like we're literally dying here. We need, we need help. Can you please help us? Hey, maybe we shouldn't put all this asphalt and concrete everywhere. <laughs> it's like, um, it's like that King of the Hill episode when they go visit his mom and they're all <laughs> like. They're like, oh, my God, it's like 113 degrees out here. And it's like, this is a monument. <laughs> what was it again? Like, this is a monument against the gods or something yeah. like that. Which that's exactly how it feels. So Yeah. It's just, it's crazy when you, you live here for a little bit and you're like, oh, it's, it's only 90 degrees, guys. That feel, it feels so good. At least our, our winters here are pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, because it doesn't get I don't because it doesn't get too cold. That's what I like is that, and and sometimes it'll snow. I mean, mostly North Arizona, oh, yeah, where but there's I mean, like you know woods and you know where it's actually meant to snow. But hey, at least we have snow. Yeah, there was that one the the wasn't it a couple times it snowed in Scottsdale. Yeah, it gets below like thirty degrees or something, and it'll it'll have it's more of like light frost. Yeah, see. But yeah, don't move to Arizona unless you literally want to burn a lot. <laughs> PSA. This is the fucking news. So the new Batman that's coming out with Robert Pattinson is getting an HBO Max tie-in show that is definitely not just Fox has got them. Okay, because remember that show was awesome. Um, but Fox's Gotham gradually earned a reputation for being one of the worst, or one of the worst, one of the most absurd TV shows on network television. And while that granted it a certain amount of entertainment value, begrudging and a begrudging loyal f following, 
It did not exactly make good on the initial idea of it being a homage to Ed Brubaker and Greg Rucka's very cool Gotham Central comics, which is basically like a Law and Order series, but like, you know, it's set in Gotham. Um, but um, a few days ago, HBO Max has that it's picked up a new series about the police in Gotham City that will tie in with Matt Reeves' upcoming The Batman. Um, it'll be written by Boardwalk Empire's Terrence Winter. The, they say it'll build upon the foundation um, of the film's examination of the anatomy of corruption in Gotham City and will further explore the myriad complex characters of Gotham. I don't know. It's just... It really whenever, does, it does kind of sound like Gotham 2.0, right? But whenever... Yeah. And what I hate is that whenever they do these shows, they never want to introduce like a Batman, right? They never like, they can't show Batman. They can't even like, I think they can barely refer to them. Like with Superman, like they barely, they barely started showing Superman in what, um, Supergirl. That's like the first time they've ever shown like Superman outside the movies. And it's like, see like, because I think they have like a, don't they have like a thing where it's like, well, Smallville, Dom. Well, that, but didn't they not even like, show up in the whole attire until the last yeah, episode. I don't think he... I don't know if he had this Superman moniker until the end. I don't remember. And that was, what, like 10 seasons? <laughs> um, But, yeah, like, they, they they do that in, like... I think they have, like, a, a, a specific thing saying, like, they, they're reserved for, like, movies. Like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Like, you can't talk about them and, like, they're... Because, like, isn't that the whole point of, like, why they did Green Arrow is because, or, like, Flash and Green Arrow, because it was, like, oh, well, it's Batman, but it's, like, it's Green Arrow, but it's, like, yeah. it's basically Batman. And then, so they also are reporting that um, they're not sure if anyone from the movie will actually show up, um, unlike, you know, how in, like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, at least, even though later it kind of grew away from the the universe, it's still like at, at least the beginnings had the seeds of like, oh, this is in the same universe. They still bring up people like, wait, Bruce Banner, but he's young right now. And it's like, oh, yeah, but like it'll just be so weird because it's like they but they do that with all the shows. It's yeah. like they never want to reference the movies. But I mean, until now where they did the whole um, Flashpoint thing in the yeah. Flash <laughs> series where it's like. Okay, so now you're getting somewhere. Honestly, like, it does... That always sounds... Like, with Gotham, it sounded like a good idea, right? And then we actually saw it play out. But I think the problem was Fox. The thing is, the way that they're building up that Batman movie, is it sounds like it could be epic, right? Yeah. So, the, so what I'm thinking now is that if they don't know if people in the movie are going to be in a TV show, then what are they going to show? I don't know. See, that's... Uh, see, are they going to show, like, the lower beat cops fighting people who once worked for a Joker? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't want to see that. Yeah, because remember, like, we've seen a Catwoman before, but this girl is, like, a, her name's Cat Lady, and she's, like, doing the same thing, but it's not... It's not... What's her, what's her name? Um, Zoe Kravitz. It's just it's someone else. I mean, it, like those i the like the the idea of those shows can be kind of intriguing sometimes. With yeah, like Agents of Shield, where it's like, 
oh, we're actually in S.H.I.E.L.D. now. Well, that's crazy. Even though I feel like it's not how S.H.I.E.L.D. would work in the movies. But either way. <laughs> um, or um, the one that that comedy show where they were like insurance people. Yes, the, yeah. The, uh, power or something. Or powers. I don't know. But yeah, that was like that was interesting. Um, they brought up, you know, like Batman and all them. And mm. even though they didn't really show them or anything, it was like, and then one guy got saved by Batman once and he was not talking about it. But like, those could be interesting. But for this, it's like the way they're making the movie out to be is it's going to be this epic ordeal where it's Batman and it's like all of these, like the worst yeah, of the worst. Because they're basically doing the long Halloween. Yeah. Movie. So. In the movie, we're getting all this awesome shit. Yeah. And then the TV show, if especially if you're saying, well, I don't know if anyone's going to be from the movie in this TV show, then it's like, so then what are we going to get? Like, I don't really know if I want to watch a, a TV show exactly. where they're like, oh, hey, Bob, you ready to go on your, your beat walk tonight? And it's like, oh, yeah, I heard Joker's cronies are, you know, trying to steal this thing again. It's like, oh, would they ever learn? And it's like, I don't know if I want to really watch that. Yeah. And then, see, I think the problem, too, is if you get bigger names to play your villains, then that makes it harder for them to, like, to come. Because they're not going to want to come out on a TV show. Well, I don't know, because it's HBO Max, so they might be they might entice them with, like, hey, guys, it's not just a regular show. It's Max. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't but, know. Yeah, but see, like, it's, it's going to be kind of hard. Like, I... I, I could see them convincing, like, uh, Colin Farrell, that's his name, to maybe be a penguin in it, right? But then again, it's like, how do you convince, like, uh, um, Paul Dano? Well, I don't know. He's a small, I mean, he's more of an indie guy, but how do you convince, like, a Zoe Kravitz, right, to come out in that? How do you convince, I, I'm, even, like, to show, like, maybe, like, um, Alfred, which is going to be played by Andy Serkis, right? It's like, how do you convince Andy Serkis to come out? Yeah, see, that's that's where, that's what I'm saying. If it was, like, actually intercut, I'd have no problem. I'd be like, wait, so you're saying I could probably see X person in here, even if it was like for a short, like a short, like two episode span or something. Yeah, it'd be cool. To, yeah, you'd or be cool, even- right? To see, to see like the penguin come in and all this stuff, and it's like, oh shit, that's so cool. Or even like, um, like Robert Pattinson once in a while. Right, that'd be kind of cool. Like he's a recurring character. Yeah, like because it's because it's a fuck. It's a Gotham show and no Batman. That's why Gotham, I think, sucked. Was because well, there was a Bruce Dom. Oh my god, there was a Bruce. Remember, and then they introduced the Joker and get it. It's not really the Joker because it's that. It's his brother. We made you think, (laughs) stupids. Know how we tricked you and you thought. Oh, you're you're stupid. Now who has egg on their face? <laughs> you do still? Oh yeah, but I think that's that's the problem is that <clears throat> you're wanting to build the movie up to be like, oh, this is gonna be awesome, and then the TV show is gonna feel subpar because that's you're right with Agents of Sale. That's what people thought. They're like, okay, but why is all this happening? And like, we don't see this, we don't see that, and it's true. I mean, we talk about it all the time. It's like. But couldn't, like, so-and-so just fix this? Or couldn't so-and-so just fix it? But then you remember, like, that's kind of how uni- our superhero universes work. Yeah, and whatever. And you let go. And you buy into the characters. And 
it's whatever. But from what you're saying right now, it's like, you're right. With the way that Gotham was, it didn't seem very intriguing at all. Especially, like, I think when people loved um, Constantine and then that got axed in favor for continuing with Gotham, I think it was. Or maybe starting Gotham. I can't remember timelines, but it's something like that. But it did run for a while. People did like it, I guess. Yeah, like maybe mom. that's maybe that's gonna be something that people might be. I don't know. It just... I, I feel like there's there's a way to make it interesting. I don't know what it is <laughs> yet, but I feel like there is a way. Like maybe the, maybe the characters are from the movie, and like we get to see them in action in the movie. Yeah, maybe just a random like King Shark pops up or something. Yeah, or some yes. Maybe it's like they have to deal with like. It's like the B list characters, but still, which might be kind of cool. Like, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting. It's like, well, we hey, like, should we get Batman for this? It's like, I don't know. I mean, it, it is um, Black Mask. I mean, we I think we could take him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess when like yeah, you're right. When stuff starts coming out more, so you can make a better judgment because right now it doesn't feel like it's worth watching. Uh, we could be wrong. So you know who Oliver Stone is, right? You know you don't know that old cranky um, filmmaker from like the like eighties nineties. You don't you don't remember? Oh, you were not all um, boomers. But he said, "Okay, Hollywood has gone mad. It's like Alice in Wonderland Tea Party. It's politically correct. And it's not a world I'm anxious to run into." Um, it's so it's just so expensive. The marketing, um, everything has become too fragile, too sensitive. Hollywood now, you can't make a film without a COVID advisor. You know how ridiculous that is, right? You can't you can't make a film without a sensitivity counselor. It's ridiculous. Um, he continued. The Academy changes its mind every five, ten, two months, which is, <laughs> I think, which is hilarious because it's like look how look how slow they change everything, and it's like. If that's too fast of a change for you, I don't understand what the hell you're talking about. Um, it's politically correct. It's not a world I'm anxious to run into. I've never seen it quite mad like this. It's like an Alice in Wonderland tea party. Because um, he's like, um, oh, here, here we go. You know, I just read something about how films are going to be very expensive to make now because you need to take all these precautions. On a 50-day shoot becomes a... A 60-day shoot and social distancing for actors. That's what I'm talking about. Because this is what he was talking about. Um, that he thinks he is easy to make fun of, referring to his experience doing acid with the Doors. Because see, see how not politically correct he was. I'm kind of a classical character. I take the acid. I want to do the acid. You know, right? I'm pretty straight in some ways. And I think that's why it's easy to mock me. The English would say that I have no sense of irony. And it's like, yeah, I can see that because you just sound like a, like an, like an, like a boomer complaining. And he was bringing up how, like, I, I think this was also tying into, like, people bringing up, like, J Ricky Gervais and, like, how remember how he owned all the libs in Hollywood? Remember? And he we had it. We, we cheered him on because... See, conservative um, comedy is just as funny as liberal comedy. 
that's why they shouldn't cancel us guys because I should be able to to say whatever I want without any ramifications. It's their meme of Grandpa Simpson yelling at Cloud. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Um. I mean, we've talked about stuff like this before. Um. You know, it's like, yeah, cool. You did so many great things in film. It's awesome. But also, like, fuck you. Yeah. Doesn't mean shit. I don't exactly. give a who the fuck you are. Doesn't mean shit. Look at it. Look at uh. Look at Weinstein. Look at the career he built. It's like, exactly. oh, he was a dumb piece of shit the whole time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's that easy to just say, fuck you. Yeah. I don't care who you are. I don't care how prolific you think you are. And I'm I'm cool, guys. I did, you know, I did acid with the doors. So fuck the doors. I don't give a shit. I know. About the doors. Exactly. Yeah. Goddamn it. What the fuck. <laughs> we hear this all the time, and it's like, yeah, cool, old oh, Hollywood, oh. I'm surprised he didn't say, I can't believe that. It's so many of these people to the Academy. And it's like, what the hell is Aquafina? Huh? I'm not thirsty. Why should, why should, that, why should they add that in there? Yeah, what's a no. Zendaya? What the hell is that? Yeah. I'm surprised he did it. I know. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, like, like, are you really going to sit here and complain about, oh, I hate having the, to have the safety of my crew on set. Back when I shot JFK, I would sling bottles at, at PAs if they weren't doing what I said. Yeah, the good old days. Yeah, when you could be a piece of shit. Remember? Because that's what the boobers wanted to be back in like the 60s, the 70s. The they, the good old days when you could, when you, when, you know, Bojangles were still around. And, um, you know, you could freely say like, um, offensive slurs and everyone just laughed because you know it was all jocular it's all locker room talk you know it's all jocular and that's what it sounds like yeah. to be honest it sounds like man i wish i i wish hollywood just go back to when when us white males rule everything yeah. and like we didn't have to worry about giving a halle berry uh, uh oscar like what that's crazy yeah. god why can't i just go back to Rapey underage women. God, it's ridiculous. Now I have to be conscious about who I talk to on set. Yeah. But, oh, I, I can't. but I feel like it's even more ridiculous that, like, you're complaining about, like, co- like it's a pandemic. It is literally precautions for, like, a pa- like this can kill. Like, you're, what's, what's even worse is, like, he's in the bracket of, like, this is going to kill you if you get it type of thing. And it's, like. You're so unconcerned. Well, you know what? You know what is a good, to be honest, you know what's a really good, like, juxtaposition to that about, like, how old and decrepit his thoughts and his body are is that look at that. The was it, um, David Washington and Zendaya did that movie. Oh, yeah. And they, they were like, Oh yeah, we did this. We did this. I like, can't wait to see our that. Crew was small, like the end, whatever. Right? They took precaution. Yeah, they took all this precaution to make this movie, and it was like, oh, cool. And look at what they pumped out. Like, oh, boom, we're done. And he's like, oh, that's too crazy. I can't do that. I need five hundred men on that, set. That probably gave him a stroke. And when I mean men, I mean men. And I don't mean no. I don't mean colored men either. I mean, and no trans men either. Now I have to now I have to clarify that too. See, see, this is how ridiculous we're getting. And what what's next? You want me to make sure that I'm giving genders to dogs? 
It's ridiculous. That's how stupid this man sounds. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. So you're saying that new wave Hollywood is taking the lead saying like, oh, shit, there's a problem here. Fuck, let's figure it out. Hey, hey, two amazing actors and director that were doing all this stuff. Hey, how about we come together and we do something amazing? And now you have the old Hollywood who's like, ah, no, this is ridiculous. I, yeah. this, I can't do this. Yeah, oh, because COVID. I have to have a, I have to PA, have a PA who, who wipes my ass, who puts on my shoes, who puts on my shoes. Who's going to get my coffee? Okay. You want me to go get my own coffee? Huh? You want me? To- I wish. I honestly wish you would. Yeah, it was just like a, a massive heart attack. Yeah. Because that, but that's how Hollywood was, or well, kind of st- still is. It's like you have to have someone for every little thing. Yeah, and no, I mean we talked about this before too. It's like because Hollywood tries to set these standards when there shouldn't be a standard in making art. Yeah, and and I think that, like we said, we we're starting to we're starting to look past like the these quote unquote legacies that these quote-unquote legendary directors have because it's like fuck you why would i care when i could when i could get a a denise venue who was like oh hey you know what i actually learned a lot from my cinematographer where now i'm not working with him and you know that sucks but i'm taking the stuff that he showed me he taught me and i'm bringing it to my new film so there's still like a little part of me in him it's like Hey, that's smart. Or look at Alfonso Cuaron, who was like, oh, hey, you know what? I actually, I really know what I want to do. So let me set this camera up so I could show you. Oh, see, look at, oh, hey, now uh, it's like, I'm my DP, own camera director. I'm your DP, though. What do you want me to do? Go fuck yourself. Oh, I can go do that now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like hearing those stories yeah. about these these directors that have shown to us that they know what to, yeah. they know how to make these films, and it's like, oh, it's weird. It's almost like when someone is really hands on, that it's okay to break a barrier. It's okay to say, oh, hey, can can we see that back? Or you know what I mean? Or it's okay to be very hands on to where maybe it seems ridiculous, but if they know what they want, they know what they're doing, then why not? We don't have to. Like we talked about before with your teacher, we don't have to follow these suits of like, no. oh, this is how you do things. No, this no, is what's no. how this how you said this is this this is that. It's like no, it's art, and we've seen that time and time again. I think the older we get, we realize too, like, oh, some people may seem this may see this as being like weird, or like doesn't make sense, but there's something like um awesome about that. There's something intriguing about that. But I think like that's that's what we've come to terms with like what Hollywood was and what Hollywood is now is when we talk about change, it's this stuff too. It's, it's, it's that it's, it's having this idea that an inclusion writer seems ridiculous because why couldn't oh, we just don't pick? even, don't even get him started on inclusion writers. <laughs> like why can't, why can't we just pick these people that are, you know, that we believe in, right. Who also happen to be people of color. But the thing is, that's because Hollywood, like uh, Anthony Mackie just talked about that, where he was saying that all these years he's been in part of Marvel, all these scenes was white face, white face, white face, white face. And then then, um, then people try to play Marvel. There was a green face and a blue face in there. <laughs> then people try to uh, 
to praise Marvel for um, releasing uh, Black Panther, but he was like, but that seems a little bit problematic because oh, yeah, one in 23. <laughs> yeah. Because the one film that you have uh, like a prominently black film, it's separate. It's by itself. You don't see that. We, you know, he hasn't seen that change yet or whatever. And it's like, see, there you go. Like a guy who's a part of one of the biggest movie franchise of all time can still say like, yeah, this kind of fucking sucks. And that's why we need that stuff. Like, like inclusion writers, and that's why we need some of this and I, shit. And I was kind of joke. I wasn't really joking when I said that because one another thing that I was reading that he said was like that's destroying Hollywood. That if you have inclusion writers, that's going to help destroy Hollywood because then you have to have certain people on certain at set for certain things, and that's ridiculous because how can you meet these standards? But that's just ruining Hollywood. And 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 we've had this conversation. A million times about separate things, but the bigger picture is that all of this is leading to change. And sure, I mean, you could praise uh, Oliver Stone for doing this or that, whatever. But we moved past what he we moved on past what what he's having to say matter. Because all we're hearing is same old rhetoric, same old rhetoric, sound, same old rhetoric. He's, sound, he's just starting to sound like Steven Spielberg and Martin Scorsese and all those old people who were the new face of Hollywood. Oh, back in the 70s, remember? Oh, you mean, what was that, 50, 60 years ago? That's half a century. Like, why should we listen? Like, like there's a there's there's a difference between like respecting like their work, right? And having to keep listening to them. Well the thing is, we're not saying that Steven Spielberg should never make another film. No. He could go make a film if he wants. It may be good. I don't know. But why the fuck should we care about what this old ass guy has to say about how things are now when we have what we consider better films being made by other people that aren't him, people that are a lot younger people that are more in tune with what's going on now. Cause that's how Hollywood's always been, right? It's always been something different. Like you said, he was at one point, a new face, like the new faces in Hollywood and all oh, these guys are going to change these things. But yeah, you're right. That's 50 years ago. That's so long ago. We already had people. I mean, we have people come and go. That's what Hollywood does. Some people can stay. And like I said, he can't stay, but why should we care about what he says when he just turns his back and say, well, actually, like streaming might work, but only if like I could be a part of it. And and that's really what it is. Like, that's how we see these people like these Oliver Stones. It's they don't care. All they care about is getting their shit done. Yeah. They don't care about Hollywood. They don't care about what's coming next. They're not a Guillermo del Toro who's constantly pushing for new faces. We we literally saw that with Steven Spielberg, who he tried to take down Netflix and and streaming sites from being um, part part of the Academy conversation. And look what he did. He turned around as soon as as soon as that controversy went away. He turned around and partnered with um, what was it, Quibi? Yeah, sold out. And Apple, an Apple Plus. Apple, he sold yeah. out. Because it doesn't, it didn't matter if he was hurting these other people. Oh wait, they're gonna give me money to produce whatever I want. Oh, okay, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm not even gonna be there in the meeting to discuss the the whole lobbying that I've been pushing this whole this whole time. These conversations aren't gonna go away because, like we said, it's a constant battle 
have this change. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe some of these people have done like wonderful things for cinema, but that doesn't give them the right to be the only person that should be heard, that should be noted. Yeah. You know, like we can look past what they've done good and say like, hey, you know what? Actually, this shit doesn't matter anymore. And that's fine. Like, that's just the way things are. I don't know. that We have these conversations all the time because it's always brought up. And not, this isn't going to stop. We understand it. But we're always going to talk about it because we feel like, yeah, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up Hollywood to these old piece of shit elitists who think they know everything when we're seeing these amazing films by random directors who've never done anything. And it's like, oh, it's weird. It's like people can just come up out of nowhere and make wonderful films and have great careers. And, oh, you're saying that we don't always have to look to the past to say, Martin Scorsese, can you save us and give us another great epic? Yeah, it shows what true cinema is. And then it gives us a three-hour Snorfest. Yeah, and then you realize, oh, true cinema. Oh, wait, but he didn't shoot that on film. He shot that on, on, oh, what? Digital cameras? Oh, and they use digital effects to de-age them? He's a sellout. And it's streaming? No. And then a bunch of baby boomers died. Um, no, but like like I said, we're always going to revisit these yeah. conversations and stuff. So this is another stone in the pond, if you will. <laughs> okay, here we go. Welcome to Yonder. A wonderful development. It has all you'd need and all you'd want. Number nine. Number nine is not a starter home. This house is forever. Play for a boy. Do you have children? No. It's not exactly what we're looking for. That guy was so strange. Yeah. Wait. No, no, I don't think this is the right way. Yeah, this is the way we came in. Number nine again. Did we just do some kind of loop? How if we just... Want me to drive? Such a jerk. Because I think this is not possible. We can't make turns like this over and over. We have gone this way, Tom. Oh, my God. Hello? Hello? What's happening? Maybe they'll let us go. supposed to do? Should we just sit here and wait to die? It's a boy.
Vivarium is a 2019 science fiction thriller film directed by Lorcan Finnegan from a story by Finnegan and Garrett Shanley. Young couple Tom, played by Jesse Eisenberg, and Gemma, played by Imogene Poots, want to purchase a house. They visit a strange real estate agent, Martin, who tells them of a new development called Yonder. Gemma and Tom drive out to the development with Martin, where the houses are identical suburban homes. The place is silent, empty, and otherworldly. Martin shows the couple around the house, number nine, and then vanishes. Gemma and Tom attempt to leave Yonder, but become lost. Every route returns them to number nine. The car eventually runs out of fuel, and they decide to stay the night in number nine. The next morning, Tom climbs out onto the rooftop to see if he can spot a way out of Yonder. He sees that the houses of Yonder seem to stretch into infinity. The couple decides to follow the artificial-looking sun, hoping it will lead them out if they stay on course. The couple, however, is still led back to number nine. They find a delivery box filled with prepackaged food and other necessities. A furious Tom sets number nine ablaze, hoping to attract attention. The couple falls into a strange sleep and awakens outside a rebuilt number nine to find a tiny infant with the instructions, raise the child and be released. Three months have passed and the infant has rapidly grown to the size of a seven-year-old boy with an adult-like voice imitating Tom's. He incessantly demands attention and closely observes and mimics the couple when he is not absorbed by strange patterns on the television. Living with the boy and their imprisonment takes a psychological toll on the couple. Their physical well-being also worsens. Tom discovers that the soil of yonder is made from a seemingly artificial substance. He starts to dig a hole and becomes obsessed. Digging makes him feel as if he has a purpose, but the hole get, just gets deeper and deeper. When he hears noises at the bottom of the hole, he continues digging. Tom's physical and mental health deteriorates further. Tom attempts to harm the boy, but Gemma intervenes. Gemma attempts to understand their predicament by engaging with the boy. She discovers that he is incapable of imagining things or dreaming. Tom's emotional distance pushes her closer to the boy. One day the boy vanishes, only to reappear with a strange textbook in an unknown language, with illustrations of humanoid beings with large throat sacks. Gemma asks the boy who gave the book to him, and he shows her by inflating his throat sacks and making alien sounds. After more time has passed, Gemma and Tom have grown weaker. The boy has grown into an adult, and Gemma and Tom reunite in their fear of him. The boy leaves the house every day, and Gemma and Tom don't know where he goes. While digging, Tom finds a withered corpse in a body bag, and afterwards, he weakens to the point of death. Gemma begs the boy to help, and he provides them with a body bag. Tom dies and is plugged into the hole. A vengeful Gemma attempts to kill the boy, but only manages to injure him before he flees into a bizarre subterranean corridor. Gemma follows and tumbles through parallel homes where other young couples live lives of similar despair. Gemma is then spat back out onto number nine. After a final act of verbal defiance, Gemma dies. The boy buries her in the hole with Tom and leaves yonder. He later becomes an estate agent, replacing Martin who has finished his life cycle. The new Martin rolls up his predecessor's body and places it into a filing cabinet before assuming his new position. A new couple walks into the office 
and Martin rises to greet them. Vivarium, a movie about Jesse Eisenberg being in love with another pale, dead-eyed white girl. <laughs> How much is this now? Like six? Six um, movies? Wow. Um, Maybe seven? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Regine Poots is awesome. Um, oh, yeah, she is. Oh, yeah. Uh, I actually... When I first heard about this movie, I actually saw him do an interview where he brought it up, and I was like, huh, that sounds better than the other movie he's bringing up. What, what was that one? I don't remember. Oh. <laughs> but, but I was like, oh, like weird sci-fi movie? Cool. I looked it up, and sure enough, I couldn't find anything. Yeah. And then just happened to come across it one day, and I was like, oh, shit, this is that movie. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I got to watch it. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely a movie. Yeah, it's a motion picture. I, I'll say that. So, uh, what did you think about it, Don? Um, yeah, so I, I, too, had heard about this movie, and I'd been waiting for it to come out. I think we had been talking about reviewing it a while ago, but it just wasn't, I don't think it was available, like, for, like, without purchasing it, and I don't want to purchase it. Um, but now that it was finally on um, Amazon prime that you can watch it, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? That that's, let's, let's watch that one. So I'm starting off and then I, I'm sitting there eating hot wings, you know, chicken wings. And it starts off with these birds dying. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I felt so bad. Like just seeing like these poor little birds, like dead and i was like god damn it i I have to be eating right right now we have to show this but it starts off pretty good you know it starts off pretty okay you know like just like where's the story going right but then like immediately it like kicks in i like that it didn't like wait like wait and like oh like what is it gonna be what is what is it gonna do what are we gonna do but like it's like as soon as they go like searching for a house it's like Bam, they're already there. And he's already, like, the one guy, Martin, is already acting, like, weird. When, like, what does he ask her? Like, oh, do you guys have kids? And she's like, oh, not yet. And he's like, oh, not yet. And, like, does, like, the hair thing. And it's like, what the? That's what I meant when I was, I was already, when he, when he, they first saw him, I was already, like, oh, he's a weird white person. So, or, well, actually, I was like, he's a white person, so that means he's weird. Yeah, that's pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But then he started getting weirder, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then, then he just, like, disappears, and it's like, see, like, where is this going? And I love the I love the way it looked like they designed the neighborhood, because it's like, it is something I feel like you would see somewhere, like, designed. It's just, so, like, it's just so crazy, and I love how they, di- they did the things that I would think to do, like, set the house on fire. I was like, why didn't they just do that? And then he does that. I'm like, oh, shit, that's what I would do, because, right, because if it was, like, a normal neighborhood, people would be running out like, oh, my God, fire, fire. And then, oh, the house just miraculously is rebuilt again. And then there's, like, the baby. And it just gets, like, creepier and creepier. And then isn't that just, like, how normal white kids are, though, with, like, the weird throat sacks? And then they just, like, stand there and scream until you pay attention to them. Yeah. Yeah. I I watch TikToks of that all day. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It just, especially when it got to the part where she gets into like that weird, un, un, like subterranean, like area. And like, it just got like weird. I was like, this movie is amazing. Like, I was already way hooked, like, way before, but, like, this, like, cemented everything, and I was like, this is such a good, like, it's, it's like, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane or whatever, where it's, like, that perfect, it's set in one location, and you don't, like, it's, there's only, like, three characters in it, and it's, like, perfect. It's, like, it show, it goes to show you, like, how well you can make a movie with just, like, limiting yourself to, like, what you're doing it was it was really good i really i highly recommend if you love like sci-fi and just things that are like more surrealish i guess you'll i think you'd like this a lot yeah and giving credit where credit's due they do the thing that we we love the most in these type of weird movies where they give us so much but they don't but they don't explain anything like you don't know what the book is, you don't know what they are, no. you don't know what their plan is. Like you pick up on the idea of like, okay, so they get these people to raise the kids, but why? I don't know. I feel like they're eventually going to replace us, right? That's what they're trying to do. But then why did they die? Yeah, why do they die so fast? Yeah. I don't know. See what I mean? Like, and the book, like you know, wonder what that book, like what that all means. Like there's, there's a lot of like weird, creepy shit in it. But it doesn't fully tell you, like, oh, this is just the whole time. Like, 10 Cloverfield Lane, the awesome part about that is this whole time you're like, oh, that's, nah, that's, he's definitely just a serial killer. Yeah, he's just fucking And then it's like, no, it's aliens. You're like, oh, Holy shit. Okay. It is is aliens. Um, We don't necessarily get that with this, but it's still, it's intriguing because the whole time you're right. It kicks off and you're like, what? Huh? What? You're waiting for something. You're waiting for something. You're waiting for something. He's digging. Some. Oh, he's almost there. Nope. Nope. And yeah, I mean, they literally, spoiler alert, obviously you're listening to this. They literally just die <laughs> and the whole process starts over again. And like, this is a really good presentation of like these actors playing these characters because you don't have much to go off of. Except for, oh, well, of course she feels this way now. Oh, of course he's this way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, like, that's what you're looking for with these characters. And even though it feels weird, like, why? But that guy's like, a the kid's like a little piece of shit. Why is she babying him so much? You know, it's like, yeah, but it kind of makes sense. Like, yeah. you know, he's going stir crazy where he doesn't even give a shit no more. He just wants to dig this hole. And she's taking care of this kid which in the beginning she just talked about like well we don't have kids yet you know so it probably means that she wants kids like you know what i mean like you pick up on those little things and it just i, I think, don't know it it just it all works one the way i saw it too was like it's kind of like a you know how like mother is like an allegory for um like like jesus christ and all and like the world and all that and like the way that we treat people The way I saw this was it was kind of like an allegory for, like, parenthood because, like, it was kind of like they kind of played everything out where it's like, oh, like the dad, like, oh, yeah, maybe he he tried to be involved, but then, like, he's just kind of distant. But then, like, he turns into a weird, 
like frog monster thing. So she's like, I'm not your fucking mother. Yeah, you know, like real parents. Yeah. Um, I mean, how many yeah. times have you caught your dad just digging holes outside? Never. Same. <laughs> um, but yeah, and even like, even like when they they're trying to enjoy themselves. Remember when they're dancing and like, so like the 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 little kid like it it pushed him on purpose, right? Like. And like, yeah, I think hit, so because it looks like he like ran into him on purpose. And it's like, see, it's like just trying to disrupt their lives and stuff, like in every chance it gets. Yeah, like real kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the the parents grow apart, you know, like in real life. And then it's not until the the, the kids are grown up and they hate their parents and they won't even let them inside. And then like that's when they're like, oh, come on, let us back in the house, huh. you know, dumb. The more you keep talking about it, the more I feel like maybe it's not exact word for word, but maybe it is. No, yeah, you're right. Like, I I think that the one thing we really like about these movies and some of the directors even play into it is like they won't they won't give us an exact definition of what this movie means or what this stands for or or wh- why this was this way, or whatever, right? Even if in their head they're like, "Oh no, this is exactly this." Yeah, this is like this. Some are like, "Huh? I don't know. Maybe." And what do you think? What did you think about it? And you know, I think that we've come to appreciate those movies more, as opposed to like we said. I think we said before back in the day, it's like pretentious pieces of shit. It's like, oh, fuck you guys. Like, this is dumb. But now it's like, hmm, intriguing. Because it really is. Because it's like, now I get to sit there and, and think about like, yeah, you're right. Like, what what is their plan? Because it's like, it can't be to, to just replace us like we were saying because it's like, they die too quick. So like, what is it? Is it just to, is it just like to raise their youngs? And that's it? Like, they don't know how to? Yeah, it could it could be like some parasitic thing like the like the cuckoos wow see strange i don't know it was a very good movie it was it's strange because when i looked at the the um the runtime i was like oh it's only like an hour and a half and i was like i remember movies were an hour and a half yeah, and I was like, but it didn't really feel like you know what I mean. Like it was, it was like the perfect. It felt like the perfect amount of time. Yeah, like it didn't feel too long. It didn't feel too short. It was like I got enough from it. Like I feel like if it had gone on further, it would have just been like, oh, this is too much. You don't need to show me more. And I love that. Like yeah, like you said, like with the the book giving us hits here. But when they when she gets to that like that other weird, I love the idea of like like he could pull up the. Like you, like in the in the universe, you could just like tear open a hole, yeah. and like oh, and you can just go and see what's behind it, and what's behind it is just amalgamations of the rest of the world because it's like just fit like fixing itself or whatever, and she just keeps following falling through like these different dimensions and seeing these alternate people, and it's just like maybe that's true, maybe it's real. Have you tried picking up? Uh... A sidewalk? sidewalk? No, I'm afraid like an it's going to come out and get me. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, 
I went into this not really knowing what to expect. Like I said, he never said exactly what it was about. He just said it was like, oh, it's an interesting, like, weird sci-fi movie. And that's exactly what it is. Like, it kicks off as, like, an interesting, weird, intriguing sci-fi movie. It Honestly, it really worked. I think it really worked. And finishing the movie, it's like, huh. All right. Yeah. I feel like I got something out of it. I know we've both been to a, the place where we finished a movie and it's like, oh, that's um, it's a movie. Yeah. And it's not necessarily good or bad, but you don't know if it's like, ah, I mean, I guess I couldn't have watched it, but I mean, I'm glad I did or I don't know. You know, sometimes that's just how it is. Right. But with this one, it's like, huh, yeah. If I never hear anything about this universe ever again, I'm fine. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it honestly like we've talked about recently where things feel like they're meant to be a story, like a like if it was a part of like a Black Mirror or a Twilight Zone. That's what I felt like this one was like a like a. A Twilight Zone, like a really like a longer Twilight Zone episode, but like if they were like, hey, we're gonna give you Twilight Zone, but like it's gonna be a little bit longer, like a movie, but it's gonna be like nice production. Yeah, I mean like the new Twilight Zone. Oh yeah, you know what? <laughs> um, no, but like these are the movies that we're fine with with never giving sequels or prequels, and it's just it's fine, it's good. Like what you get right now. Is definitely worth watching. If you got an Amazon Prime account, watch it. If not, I'm not saying still the movie. But if you want to check the interwebs, go out and find it. Yeah, you want to go on some sketchy websites. I mean, why not kill you know an hour thirty five minutes? This movie is definitely backed super hard. Yeah, go watch it. I know you're saying you don't really like Jesse Eisenberg. I get it. Yeah, me too. Push down your throat, kind of hard. I I get it. Yeah, but yeah. I think this movie's really good. They're gonna like it. Go watch it. Okay, so something that um we've kind of missed, and something that's we 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 haven't even been able to like talk about at all because of the pandemic is. Um, summer blockbusters. I mean, ever since the summer blockbusters came out, uh, starting with Jaws, obviously, you know, people have been looking forward to that in the summertime, right? You you go to the movies to see what's the big movie coming out, and they've been they've been pushing the the boundaries of what we think of as like blockbusters, um, the past couple of years, especially with um, Star Wars coming out in like December, and then Infinity War and Endgame coming out in like April. So, you know, I think what we should talk about are the biggest summer blockbuster busts of all time. Yeah, we're talking about the ones that failed. Um, let's start with something. Um, uh, ooh, Waterworld. So this had a budget of more than $170 million. It was much hyped by Kevin Costner. And it was the most expensive film ever made at that time. And it became one of the biggest box office bombs, making it making just eighty eight million in the United States. 
though the movie was modestly praised for its visual work and overall production. But see, I think what happened was the the theatrical cut is different from like the VH like the cassette or VH whole movie cut. Um because I guess there's like scenes in it that like because I was like what was I watching? I was watching some person's like they were talking about um yeah, whenever I I'd always watch Westworld like on TV and like the on VHS, like I always thought like why is why do people hate this? And I found out later that the theatrical cut was like different than that. And it's like yeah, but I'm also not um our friend Joey who loves this movie. Um, I've never ironically uh, yeah, I've I don't think I've ever like fully watched the movie. Have you? I I've seen it. I don't remember all of it. But I've definitely sat down and watched it. Um, oh, here's one that's kind of sad. Um, the Iron Giant was actually a summer um, a bomb. It came out in 1999, um, and it had a cost between about 50 million to 70 million, and it only made 31 million, which is kind of it. Kind of sucks because I remember watching it later and like with my family, and everyone's like, "This movie is so good." And, like, I think it's just, it came out at the wrong time. But, I mean, at least it wasn't Waterworld numbers. That's that's true. You know what? That's true. Um, <laughs> hey, you remember that, that 2000s movie, Battlefield Earth? Remember how you love it so much? You know, it's based on Al Ron Hubbard's um, <laughs> book. And it's made by John Travolta, you know, the um, longtime Scientologist. Um it had a $73 million budget and it only made 21.5 million. I mean, I'm surprised it even made that. Like I'm, I, I remember seeing like trailers for it and being intrigued. Cause it's like, Oh, it's a sci-fi thing. I remember watching it and that whole movie is just Dutch angles. It's Dutch angles, the movie. And it's like, why is this all tilted? That's how Alan Hubbard pictured it. Oh, is that what he wrote in the book? Make sure there's Dutch angles. Oh, and then he died. And David Miscavige was like, "Well, he heard the man." Um, here's one that was supposed to um, you know, represent everyone. The Lone Ranger. You know how timely the Lone Ranger is. Remember that old that car that comic or. Yeah, that comic strip and then also like radio serial that was popular in like the 30s. Remember all those? Remember? Well, here here it is. It's the Lone Ranger, you know, with Army Hammer. And and who do you get to play a, an authentic, true Native American? Why not get Johnny Depp? He's like 156th, 100th Native American anyways, right? Isn't his like grandma's boyfriend's like ex-husband like a like a Cherokee at one point you know that would have been a perfect role for an up-and-coming like native person you know it would have been really good the guy from Westworld oh yeah you know what you're right like that's one of those things where it's like there was such a big missed opportunity there just to catch just to cast um Johnny Depp in it, and you guys are fucking stupid. Oh my god, this is the well. I mean, because of inflation, because inflation and the way things have been going up and up, Disney's Lone Ranger needed to make six hundred and fifty million internationally 
to break even. It made just over two hundred and sixty million. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, that's a movie that just did not seem intriguing uh-uh. at all. You, you, you're telling me you didn't want to see Army Hammer from uh, that one movie about how white people are mad because other white people stole their intellectual pro- intellectual <laughs> intellectual property. Ridiculous. Okay, Fan Four Stick, the third Fantastic Four film, released uh, um, widely considered the worst. Um, it lost a reported one hundred million and was considered one of the worst movies of two thousand fifteen. Because and that's probably and I think that's also because they went back and reshot a, a lot of stuff. And you know what? No, you know what? I'm gonna say this. Fuck them, because. At least they tried something. They tried something different. They tried like the newer version of okay. Fantastic Four. You know what Fantastic Four 2 did? They fucking made Galactus a giant cloud. That's true. You Showed you're him right. at the end for maybe five minutes. Not even five minutes. You're right. Because that's no way to. that. That's doing Galactus wrong. Yeah. That whole thing was fucking stupid. That's, and right. you look back at those movies and those movies fucking sucked. At least. Doctor Doom we got in that movie was like hard as fuck. Like I was like, that actually is a pretty cool Doom. I'm not saying it's great. <laughs> I'm not saying it's great at all. But honestly, if I had to pick between watching any of the originals and that, I'd watch that straight up. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think, I think what it is too is is they had that um, what's his name Miles Teller. Teller. And I think a lot of people get turned off by him. Yeah, I don't. That guy's, yeah. yeah, I think sometimes he's he's good in what he does, and sometimes I think they push him too far, too forward to be like the the main person. Uh-huh. And I think him and that role took a lot from the movie because you got to remember Michael B. Jordan's in it. That's true. Why didn't yeah. they just make him Mister Fantastic? That oh no no. A black guy who stretches. Yeah, why not? <laughs> That's unheard of. <laughs> <coughs> um, the Mummy, two thousand seventeen. The movie everyone waited for it to fail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was well, it was it, it was gonna launch launch the Dark Universe. Okay, well, the, this is the second time they were gonna launch the Dark, the dark Universe because Dracula Untold actually actually like flopped. That was another flop. But this was supposed to be the real star, okay? And that didn't happen. It made a worldwide gross of more than $410 million. It also lost a whopping $95 million based on estimated mo- models. So, I mean, that's what you get for having a movie where people are like, oh, it's the, it's not, oh, it's not the one mummy we know and we love. Huh. Uninterested. Dark Phoenix. Which is like, how do you like fumble uh, an end? So it was um, it had massive hype and it lost an estimated 130 million. It's a big reason um, that the expected series trilogy was scrapped. Uh, I guess they were gonna make a uh, more out of that. Um, and I I want to say it's because of that that Disney also kind of lost faith with like New Mutants too because they're kind of like. Well, if Fox could make this one and it sucks, 
what about this one? This movie's everyone's supposed to tell us it's so good. And it's like, well, if maybe if you release it and let us see it, we can tell you if it's good. I think um, that whole thing was dumb because I felt like with New Mutants, they said, oh, we could play with this a lot more to make it better because Dark Phoenix, I feel like, had more of a presence. So if they were to keep changing things, I think it would be more in the spotlight as opposed to, oh, this is just like our small little film, even though that one should have came out first anyways, a long time ago. Dumb. Um, but I did watch Dark Phoenix, and it's in line of what they do. Yeah, it's kind of dumb. Was it better than Apocalypse? Well, that's the thing is, I feel like in, in Apocalypse, they end with her having... Right, hinting at it. Yeah, her having the Dark Phoenix in her, but then in this movie, she gets it from space in the movie. It's I'm not saying it's great. I think it is. I think it's better than Apocalypse. Okay, but man, you know what? Apocalypse, Apocalypse was so like it's not. It wasn't disappointing. It was just like there was just so much you could do. Like you know what I mean? The way that they they the the ending scene for whatever whatever that movie was, where they showed where they showed him building the pyramid. That ending scene. Was so badass. It was like, oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, because he's like, built, he's just built, he built the pyramid. Yeah, and then what they showed us was like, what the fuck? Yeah, and the, what's so dumb is they made him seem like he was going to be like Thanos. But I don't know. Like, for that movie is whatever. I mean, those, obviously, I start this movie started off with the bang and then kind of just fell apart. And so. And they just, the, all the timeline was so convoluted. Yeah, I mean, some of those movies, they weren't, I mean, they didn't make the money back, sure, but it wasn't like, the, like, Waterworld, yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, or like, like Titan- most people know that movie because of how yeah. bad it is. Yeah. They, it's not that they even watched it, they just know, like, well, that's the movie like, fucking spent all that money, right? I mean, but honestly, I, when we talked about it, the idea of Blockbuster, the summer Blockbuster is dead. I well, think, I think this year was like it's officially. Oh well, yeah, but and to tie that in, I saw someone talk about how people um, praise the summer as it being like this amazing thing, and it was like yeah because it was the only time off that we had. You know, kids would go and that was the best time of your life. You had two two plus months to go and be free. Then you're back to school. So it was boring. And people still fall in line with that, where they're like, oh, it's summer, even though everyone's still working full-time jobs now. And, you know, like, it's the summer is not what we think it is anymore. And I think that was part of, I think that's partially what is the summer blockbuster, right? Is that this thing used to come around and it was, oh, middle of the year, like, these things, these movies are going to blow you away. Oh, cool, blah, blah, blah. But now we've seen that movies can literally take off anywhere. Oh, you want to you want to start a movie at the end of July after Christmas and then have everything explode like within the first month? Sure, we can do that. All, all you need is a great movie. You just need a great movie. And that's that's all you need. Look at us. This movie came out in, what, what was it, Jan- February? Um, like but- at uh, Jumanji, like how... Yeah. Look how much that blew up. Oh, remember Aquaman? Remember when that one? It stayed. No. Oh, no, no. no, we're not talking about that movie now. 
<laughs> but yeah, Jum- Jumanji blew everyone away because no one thought that it was going to be for so long, too. Yeah. And, and it came out in what the end of December? Yeah, the, the the time that I think most people would throw movies that were like, oh, let's just put it here. Oh, we could release it here. Oh, let's do it here. So, I mean, so long, farewell. But the cool thing is, is that we get cool shit all throughout the year. Yeah, we can. And I love that we can get a an, an end game right at the begin, right at the beginning of the year, and blow everyone away. And we can still get uh, Spider Man towards the end of the summer, and it's like it's still just as like it's not as big, but it's still like it's a still pretty big movie, and it still blows us away. And it's like, see, it can come out whenever. Or like Star Wars. Star Wars, like the Force Awakens came out on Christmas and knocked it out of the, like that, that whole thing. Out of the, right? No. Or was it The Last Jedi that came out around Christmas? But they all come out around They Christmas. all came out around Christmas, right? Whatever. Anyways, but you know what I mean? Like that they can like crush and dominate like the box office and... It doesn't matter what year or time of year that they come out. Or they could come out in the summertime and they could all be block office bombs. We've seen that before. Yeah, that's true. I think that that's just like we talk about change and stuff like that. I think that with the way that movies are being released right now, not just because of the pandemic, but how people are looking forward to streaming stuff that everything's coming at us here, here, and here that something that can take the world by storm could be released like the beginning of a May. (laughs) And people are going to be talking about that for the rest of the year. And doesn't matter, you know, which mission impossible comes out in the summer. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I saw that movie. It was okay. Because we already had the, that thing of the year come out, you know, Does four months prior. Mission Impossible, probably. Um, and I don't, I don't know. Like, sex. I mean, sex for those movies, right? Uh, some of them <laughs> worse than others. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's what you get when you're like trying to push these things. Of look how epic this is gonna be. Look at how amazing this is gonna be. Oh, but yeah, I mean, I guess this is a good way to say thank you, Summer Blockbuster, for what you did to us. We are tipping you in the past, but we've moved past you. Yes, we don't need you no more. You're dead, and then you stab her in the neck and you kick it down the hole. Yeah. So with that, we'll say thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you would like to follow us on any of your streaming services, please do so. We also have a YouTube that you could follow us with the link in the description of the show. Um, you can follow us on our Instagram, our Twitter. It's INTB underscore podcast. You can email us directly at INTB podcast at gmail.com. And yeah, let us know. I mean, how do you feel about the blockbuster, the summer blockbuster and you know, what did it mean anything to you? Do you still care? It's still real to me, damn it. Or you're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, or have you seen Vivarium or haven't have you not checked it out yet? And if you did see it, like what do you think? Go ahead, email us, DM us, tag us, post on, whatever. We don't care. We're always down for it. 
But yeah, thank you for listening. Like we said, um, obviously this COVID shit isn't going away. Don't believe in your conservative friends or families who are like, um, I care more about personal property than people. I mean, businesses are losing out just because, oh, we want to stay in. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's not like people are just dying randomly. It's not like this young girl who literally fought her way out of the Navajo Nation to be a nurse to help people so she could help her her reservation down the line. She went to go help out and this COVID shit got it and died from it. I mean, like, fuck her, right? At least because there's businesses that are are they're dying away. Well, yeah, um, my what, they can't tell me what to do with my body, okay? Me, a man, okay? No one should be able to tell you what to do with your body, another man, okay? The, this whole system is fucked up and they're you got to realize that they just want us to turn on each other. They want the people who are out there working to turn on the people that aren't working because they get more money when you should be asking how come we're not all getting more money in this pandemic come- instead of having to bail out companies for doing the bare minimum, if anything. How come um, other countries aren't struggling like we are? Oh wait, they've already had they had systems in place that were already meant to help their their citizens. Yeah, you know how, how weird. You now fucking funny it is to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling have crowds and yet America still like, well, we don't know when we're projected to get people in the seats, but you know, we're working on you that. You know how horrible it feels to be humiliated by Canadians? It sucks, and we know it, but even with all that dumb shit, at least we have each other, right? We have movies. We could we could talk about how much you like this Bavaria movie or how much you hate it or it's true. whatever. At least we have it because we control it. That's true. Until we sell out. But until that day, guys, remember, as always... Um, it's not that bad. It's not that bad.